This is Tommy Bowman, co-founding pastor of Mission Church in the suburbs of Chicago. And together we are answering this decade-long question of mine. What happens when a tractional, communal, and missional church come together for movement? This is Redefining Church. Well, hey guys, welcome to episode five of the Redefining Church podcast. My name is Tommy Bowman and I am your host. Thank you so much for going on this journey with me. It would mean so much to me if you would rate, if you would review, if you would subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, um, if you would share this Uh, on social media, and maybe most importantly, if you would share this with that one specific leader in the church that you believe that this could help, that would mean the world to me. I'm excited about uh, the community that is growing here. Thank you for the feedback that's been coming in and the conversations that it has uh, kickstarted. Very exciting. Remember, we are asking this redefining church question, what happens when attractional, when communal, and when missional church come together for movement, right? What what happens if we took the best parts of how we know and how we do church and brought them together for a movement of Jesus? And as a review, because we're in episode five, I won't review all of the previous episodes. I do encourage you to go back and listen to them in order in the season one if you haven't. But in the last episode, episode four, we reviewed four spiritual stages that a person journeys on um, through their faith. Um, explore, believer, follower, and multiplier. And we talked about Um, where people get stuck and where we're allowing people to get stuck and frankly, where we might be encouraging people to get stuck. One note I want to add as we get into this podcast, um, I am aware that I am providing more questions than answers up to this point. And that is intentional. Why? um, I think a helpful guide brings helpful questions. I've always believed that the best way to lead people is to help them arrive at their answer. And in our case, the best way I can lead is to help you arrive at your answers with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. This season one is definitely a season of disruption. You know, our world has been disrupted, so I thought season one should be about disruption. In the coming episodes, in coming seasons, according to the plan I think I'm going to head in, there will be less disruption and more direction. I will begin to provide you some solutions and some answers. Also, before I get into today's topic, I want to kind of give a little warning and disclaimer. Uh, What I'm about to talk about today and share would be considered and and kind of is considered controversial. Um, When I brought this topic up to our team over three years ago, it was controversial. Um, And it's a good time to say kudos to our team and to our entire church, the best people in the world to lead the people of Mission Church. Because when this topic came up, both our staff and our church over the last three years has pivoted quite effectively for the sake of movement. But today, this topic, for some of you, um, it might offend some of you. Um, Walls might come up. um, Your defenses might go up. And at the same time, Some of you might feel completely set free, okay? Because I might give you the courage to feel what you've been feeling uh, for a while and to say what you've been wanting to say for a while. So let's get into it. Last episode, we talked about the wall, right? And where people tend to get stuck in our churches. And it's in that second stage of believer. And I argue that our churches are just way too full of believers that we are not effectively moving into follower and then into the multiplier 
phase. That's why we're not experiencing movement, which begs the question, where are people getting stuck in our churches? And I'm just going to come right out and say it. They are getting stuck in your small groups. Okay. They are getting stuck in your small groups. Now, like I said, just warned you 30 seconds ago, some of you, you heard that defenses went up. Some of you might be thinking I'm a heretic. Um, and like I predicted, some of you, uh, you might actually feel incredibly set free right now. Like that by me saying these words, a burden has been lifted because you've been thinking this, you've been feeling this, and you haven't had the courage to say it or maybe the words to say it. And so I don't know what you're feeling, but I respect what you're feeling. And I'm with you in what you're feeling because chances are I felt all the things that you're feeling right now. But this is why I want to bring up this question. Uh, point in this question. This is really important. I believe right now, unfortunately, the church across the country is more of an organization than an organism. Um, It's more of a monument than a movement. And now in 2020, especially with social media, churches become more on demand than on the move because the best end game that we have come up with for the people in our churches is to place them in the commission-less environment of a small group. And so today I want to talk about small groups, specifically three ways small groups are getting people stuck and not getting people sent. Point number one, uh, they lead to community without commissioning. Okay. Small groups lead to community without commissioning. Uh, Jesus had a small group. They prayed together. Uh, they ate together. They did everything your small group does and They were a community on mission. If you go back to the beginning of this small group that started, Jesus did not start this small group by saying, follow me and I will give you a small group snack sign-up sheet. That's not how he started his group. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and we're going after people. We are going after souls for the sake of the kingdom of God in a very movement-oriented way. They were a commissioned community. Uh, Dan Ruda, who is um, on our staff, he and his wife are on our staff. They've been a part of our church since the very beginning. He heads up our growth track and this church movement conversation in our church and the strategies that go along with it. He will be on the show, I'm certain, very soon. He talks about this idea in a very helpful way, like he always does. Let me share his words. He says, when you aim for community, so think about the lens of a small group. When you aim for community, sometimes you get community and you rarely get mission. When you aim for mission, you get both mission and community. Uh, Jesus, in one of his great commissions, that's right, there was actually more than one. We're going to talk about all three. Jesus, in one of his great commissions in John 20, he enters into his followers, uh, the home of one of his followers. This is after his resurrection. Uh, Perhaps they were having a small group. I don't know. And he said these words. He said, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Now, if you and I were to keep it real right now, and thank you, by the way, for the comments and the dialogue that we've been having through the first few episodes, because I feel like we've been having real talk, which is really all that I want from this is some real talk that'll lead to some real action. But if you and I were to just keep it incredibly real right now, you and I as church leaders and pastors would have to agree that the end game that Jesus had in mind when he said, so I am sending you, was not in the direction of a small group, especially not a small group as we know it. 
in today's local church. In that context of that story, they were already locked up in their homes, right? Like full of fear. He was declaring, break down the doors. I am sending you out into the world. Uh, this is an important point. Um, any community that comes together in the name of Jesus should be commissioned together in the name of Jesus. Okay. Any community that comes together in the name of Jesus should be, and frankly, is commissioned together in the name of Jesus. Why? Because this is who God is. He's ascending God. This is who Jesus is, the sent Savior of the world. The first way um, small groups are getting people stuck and not getting people sent is their community without commissioning. Second way um, small groups are getting people stuck and not sent is small groups, they lead to safety without sending. Okay, they lead, to, they lead to safety without sending. We live, our family, we live in a cul-de-sac. Um, my wife grew up in a cul-de-sac and she said, when we move back into our my hometown to start this church, we need to find a house in a cul-de-sac, which of course narrowed some of our options. But why did she want that? Why did she desire that? Well, because cul-de-sacs are incredibly safe, right? We had two very young kids and we were going to have another one. And so we thought a cul-de-sac would be really safe. The other thing about a cul-de-sac is that they are circular, right? They're round. So when our kids began to get a little bit older and they'd get on their bikes and their big wheels when they were really young, they would just loop and they would loop and they would circle and they would circle and they would always end up in a very predictable place when they were done riding. And that is back at the end of our driveway and then eventually back to our front door. A small group leads to cul-de-sac Christianity because it promotes a perpetual loop of safety. In fact, as we set up small groups in our churches, I know this because I've done this, one of the values and expectations we set up about a group is the safety of it. And that's not a bad thing when it comes to a community, but it just cannot be the end game. Safety cannot be prioritized over sending. In Acts 1.8, when Jesus spoke yet another of his great commissions to his followers after his resurrection, he said, you will receive power, okay? You will receive my Holy Spirit. And then he went on to say, and you will be grouped in circles talking about my message from the past weekend. No, of course, he didn't say that. He said, you'll receive power and you will be my witnesses, both near and far. This is why you need my power, he told them. My kids have since grown up. They've gotten older. They're, they still like to ride their big wheels, but they got big bikes. Training wheels are off and they don't ride in a loop anymore. Okay. Uh, they've grown up to the point that they go down to the end of the cul-de-sac, usually because they have been sent by us. And when they get to the end, they take a left or they take a right out of the cul-de-sac based on where they have been sent, sent over safety. That's the second way small groups are getting people stuck. The third way that I want to talk about is uh, that small groups lead to maturity without movement. And I would put the word maturity kind of in air quotes if you were to see me. Uh, they lead to maturity without movement. Um, in the most well-known and most quoted of Jesus' commissions after his resurrection is the Great Commission in the book of Matthew. Jesus, in this statement, he went completely exponential on us. Uh, he said, go and make followers of me, make more followers of me, teaching them everything that I have taught you, including how to make more followers of me. He, he reminded them that living inside of them was every single thing that they need that the Holy Spirit inside of them was greater than Christ beside them. And that is true church leader for not only you and the people 
in your church, that we need to put people in environments and, and cast vision for our churches and for our people that reminds them that the Holy Spirit inside of them is greater than Christ beside them, and they have that power inside of them. Remember, this podcast is asking uh, that that question, what if we brought a tractional, communal, and missional church together for movement? In this communal model, this like come and be model that many of our churches are modeled after, it has promoted so many great parts about the Christian faith. It has, and it has completely diluted the meaning of spiritual growth and spiritual maturity. Wouldn't you think that being on mission with a community would be the thing that grows your faith? And wouldn't you think that being in environments where you are completely dependent on that power in you, the spirit would make you more spiritually mature? And if you're hearing me on this podcast um, say that you know Bible studies and small groups are bad or they're incorrect, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying they, they might be insufficient. Um, it's back to what I asked in episode one, that question of the means or the end. What's the end game of your small group? Uh, has the means of the small group just become the perpetual end? That's just getting a small group for a term when that ends, getting to another one and getting to another one. What is the means and what is the end? And the reason that I ask is because when it comes to uh, the, the small groups that I have seen, that I've been in, that I've heard of, that I've experienced, 99%, 99.9% of them have not had the end game of, well, yeah, we want to come together so that we can help a group of people who don't know Jesus find and follow Jesus. And I thought that that's the game that the local church is supposed to be playing. I thought we, the local church, were in the sending game. I thought we were in the commissioning game. I thought we were in the movement game. This podcast is raising the question, how can we redefine church for movement, specifically a movement of Jesus? And Maybe you, church leader, maybe you, pastor, maybe you need to lead the charge of this conversation, this redefining church conversation in your church, regardless of where you stand in the hierarchy uh, of your church. Um, but maybe you need to bring up the conversation, hey, we need to either um, at least redefine small groups and maybe even end them. And yes, I just said that out loud. When you do this, do it humbly, do it graciously, and do it with the mission of Jesus at the center of the conversation. Um, as promised, I will help. I will help in upcoming episodes with movement strategies in place of small groups. There are other options. And here's the truth. Even if I didn't provide you helpful solutions, I know that the Spirit that is alive inside of you and your team is all that you need to redefine the strategies of your church for movement. And oh, by the way, just like as a data point, okay, this is not a reason to end small groups. But since we did uh, nearly three years ago, and in fact, over three years ago, our church has tripled in size. So if you're believing that if you get rid of small groups, your church will just crumble and disappear, um, that's not true. Okay, that is not true. Um, it's just a data point. Don't use that um, as a reason to end small groups, but it is a data point. Uh, here's what I know. Every one of you started your church or you started in ministry with the motivation of a movement of Jesus. You started with the motivation of the of these three great commissions, right? To 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 as to, to live out what is true of as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. To apply Acts 1:8, the power inside of you now making you witnesses. And definitely Matthew 28, the Great Commission, to go and make disciples. I know that's the motivation 
that you started with. And what better time to get back to that motivation? What better time to redefine church from organization to organism, from monument to movement, from on demand to on the move? I love that in this shelter in place, we're asking how can we make church more on demand with social media and technology? I love that. But please, let's not make that the end game. Church cannot just be an on demand thing. The on demand thing must lead to an on the move thing. Church leaders, let's do this. Let's do this together. If, if you want to start a movement of movements, if you want to shake things up and redefine church, please uh, consider sharing this episode on social media. Uh, as I said at the beginning, it be, means so much to me if you would rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, but most importantly, share it with that one leader uh, that you think this could help. Begin to have this conversation in your church with your team. There is more coming in the upcoming episodes. Uh, thank you for going on this Redefining Church journey with me. I will see you next week with a new episode. Until then, my name is Tommy Bowman, and this is Redefining Church. <music>